Okay, you gotta start on the beat. Okay. I... No! Look, you gotta feel it. It's like a heartbeat. Bum bum. Bum bum. Bum bum. I feel... I feel a little un- uncomfortable. Don't... don't you have a... a lady friend to enact this dirty dancing fantasy of yours? No! Here, feel my chest. See? Bum bum. Bum bum. Yeah, yeah, bum bum, whatever. You know, this wig itches, and these high heels hurt to dance in, Steve. I told you I'm Johnny! Now get ready, we're gonna do the lift. No, you can't lift me, I'll kill you! Fine, then lean up against me with your arm up so I can slowly trace my fingers down your armpit. Let's do the lift! Nobody puts baby in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, this movie has a great reputation, right? For the most part, I think it does, yeah. Yeah, lots of girls like it. Especially with your mom. (laughs) Your mom probably likes it. Anybody listening, if you have a mom, your mom probably Um, loves it. Yeah, and that weird aunt. You know, the one that's always alone. Yep. Smells a little bit like cigarettes and cats. Really likes dirty dancing. And and me, your old friend Steve, your old pal. And Steve. Yeah. (laughs) Who only smells like cats. Anyway, what we said the movie already. We as well. What movie are we gonna be doing this time around, Steve? We for are... Valentine's Day, cause it's romance. We want romance, right? That's right. We always do a romantic movie around Valentine's Day, and yeah, this year but we usually are usually doing... a romantic comedy, and this is a romantic drama dance movie. Nothing funny about this. Nothing at all. We are doing the 1987 classic romantic historical dance drama movie kind of a musical sort of right anyway it's dirty dancing that's what we're doing dirty dirty dancing dancing which by this movie's standards are people dry humping each other oh yeah oh yeah rub yourself raw Get that zipper in there to make a few cuts on your That's junk. Right. That, oh, it feels so good. And it's so nasty. Yeah, it's raw and naughty and and, and Steve loves it. I love everything about it. Hey, Steve. Yes? Do you have any trivia about this naughty movie? I do have some trivia about this dirty, dirty movie about dancing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the thing about the the lead actors of this movie yes is that they didn't really get along that well in real life. No, they didn't. They hated each other since they Red Dawn. Yeah, they were in Red Dawn together and they didn't get along too well. And then I think what happened was Jennifer Grey was cast first and then Patrick Swayze was cast and Jennifer Grey almost quit the movie. She was like, "I don't want to do it with him. If he's going to be yeah. the guy, I'm not doing it." And I don't Patrick, like him. He's gross. Yeah, I don't like him. And Patrick Swayze talked her into it and they kind of made up and they were okay for a little while and then they started to have tension again. Like they, That's I guess right. they, they remembered why they didn't like each other. Tension and that you can see on the movie screen at one so, point. <laughs> so the producers, what the producers did was they actually had them watch 
their original screen test where they right. had where they were getting along and, and it was really good and they had like the chemistry that they wanted and that kind of reset things and they were able to finish the movie and and you know and they got along for you know well enough for the rest of the movie um but uh yeah they had to uh they, they had there had to be a an enter an intervention to keep that's right the, and the, if you guys want to see the face of someone really pissed off Go to that classic scene where he has to trace his, his fingers down her body and across her armpit, and she keeps laughing. Those are outtakes, and they you can see in Patrick Swayze's face absolute disgust, and and just he's lost his patience. He's fucking angry. How many Those times were am I going to have to do this? that they found while editing and said, let's put it in. It's genuine. Yeah, it's genuine. When they cut to Patrick Swayze's face and he's broken character and he looks, he's looking for some <laughs> producer somewhere to fucking yell at because this stupid bitch keeps laughing <laughs> and ruining the take. <laughs> yeah. What other trivia you got, Steve? Um, both in great uh, classic Hollywood tradition, both actors were much older than their characters are supposed to be. A ton um, older. She's Je like twelve in the movie. Je Jennifer Grey, yeah, uh, baby is. I think baby is supposed to be about seventeen or eighteen. Eight. Let's 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 cite on eighteen for just she, the sake she, of yeah. Jason's she, sanity. She's at she's at the end of high school. She's she's. I think it's the summer before she starts college. Is what? Is yeah, what she's gonna go suggests. off to college. Yeah, and so, but Jennifer Grey was actually twenty-seven when the movie was right. shot and Patrick Swayze is supposed to be older than baby but not like a lot older but you know in his 20s what? and and Patrick Swayze was actually 35 when when he shot the movie and yeah. um so before before they officially were cast in the movie uh Jennifer Grey had to convince the producers that she could quote unquote play younger and right. and Patrick Swayze actually wore a girdle for some of his scenes to appear thinner and and younger uh, as yeah. Johnny Let thanks thanks Thanks, Shatner. Yeah, that's right. See what roads you've paved through. Yeah, the Shatner, the Shatner method. method. And one last bit of trivia that I that I remember because uh, I was I was paying attention to this at the time and thought and was I thought it was absolutely hysterical. In 1997, the movie was re-released theatrically for its 10th anniversary. And you might think, well, was Dirty Dancing that popular of a movie that it warranted a 10th anniversary theatrical re-release? Mm -hmm. Not really. The reason why it was re-released for its 10th anniversary is because Conan O'Brien embarked on a relentless campaign to convince the studio to release Dirty Dancing to theaters for its 10th anniversary. He he, uh -huh. he, he he had people signing petitions and writing letters to the studio. And when they finally relented and said, yes, we will release Dirty Dancing for its 10th anniversary back to theaters for a limited time only, Conan O'Brien went on his show and admitted that he actually didn't like the movie that much. <laughs> it was so funny. One of the great pieces of like of, of comedy trolling ever. <laughs> well, you want to know why they didn't want to re-release it? Why not? The studio had to pay for the plastic seating to put over the theater chairs because of all the women's reactions to Patrick Swayze with his shirt off. That's true. Money well spent, though, if you ask me. It's it's not true. I, I made that up no, but to it's... make a crass, tasteless joke. But Patrick Swayze does have his shirt off in the movie, though. We're venturing into weird territory, guys. <laughs> not because of the movie, but Steve's association with the film is... 
interesting, right, Steve? It's uh, it's. I'm not gonna say it's weird. It could be a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's what I. That's how um, I would characterize it. Right, but beautiful. See, there's a few things here. Steve really likes Patrick Swayze. I do. And we've never done a Patrick Swayze movie. Nope. So I talked to Steve off off mic. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised, but you guys might might be surprised by how much he loves Patrick Swayze. I think if he wasn't in this movie, maybe we we would have a different opinion about the film, right, Steve? It's, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. Now I got to ask a question. Yes. If Patrick Swayze was in this, what if Patrick Swayze and who's the actor that you hate so much? He's dead now. Um, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton were in the same movie together. Mm-hmm. Would they cancel each other out? Yeah, or is I, Patrick Swayze so strong <laughs> that you wouldn't mind if there was a buddy movie about the two of them being best friends? And like fighting a drug kingpin or something. So the movie is Patrick Swayze's character is best friends with Bill Paxton's character. That's right. Yeah, I would hate that. <laughs> yeah, but would you watch I, it? I would. I would hate having. I would hate seeing Patrick Stewart have to pretend to be friends with Bill Paxton. Pat, you just said Patrick Stewart. Patrick. Oh, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> the, Patrick Stewart too. Honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, he's the chief. Yeah, he's the. <laughs> you're off the case. <laughs> It could be called slap an ass, and they're like, slap, ass, get in here. I'm sorry. It's a frail Patrick. Slap, ass, get in here. I'll have both your butts and your badges. Why haven't I retired? And they're always with their shirts off, giving themselves yeah. high fives and slapping yeah. each other's slapping butts. E- slapping each other's asses, exactly. That's right. I might like that movie. I don't know. You know, they tool around in like a... You know, some sort of muscle car that no I mean, cop has. And can can Bill Paxton's character get killed at the end of the second act to motivate no, Patrick Swayze to take revenge on the villain? That doesn't happen in buddy cop movies. What do you think this is? Turner and Hooch? Yeah, exactly. Fine. Let, let's, you know can, what? Fine. Can we hooch That's him? the can way we hooch it is. Please, let's Bill, hooch. If, if, if Bill, Bill Paxton's, Paxton's character, character dies. If Bill Paxton's character end, gets hooched, then I'm on board. No, that's no? not what happens. Patrick Swayze then goes to the hospital and picks up a baby that has Bill Paxton's face on it. And then he smothers it. No, he doesn't oh, no, smother okay. it. Okay. Well, I guess that's acceptable. He puts a gun and a badge on <laughs> My new partner, everybody. Come on. Come on, new partner, baby. Let's go. <laughs> new partner, baby. I love it. That has to be the exact dialogue. Come on, new partner, baby. <laughs> Like it was made up on the spot. <laughs> we got some crime to fight. <laughs> the next one will be slapping ass. Uh, slapping ass to uh, teething pain or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the review on the poster is, what did we do to deserve this? <laughs> Question mark. Just, just why? Bill Paxson's doing the dialogue for the baby that only Patrick Swayze can hear. Oh, man. Look who's arresting who or something. I don't know. (laughs) So you're saying you wouldn't like that. You'd never watch it. I would maybe watch it once out of curiosity for the Swayze factor. You'd watch a Swayze cut of it, right? Yeah, I'd watch the Swayze. Did it, did somebody on YouTube just cut together okay, the Swayze Okay, now I've got to make it impossible for them to be in separate scenes. They're Siamese fraternal <laughs> twins. Joined at the head, so you can't even do like, you can't even zoom in and crop him out. Like, they're there. <laughs> and now it's called Crazy Legs. Because it's just... <laughs> I mean, now I, I kind of do, do want to see this movie. 
Patrick Swayze and Bill Paxton as as conjoined twins. Cop uh, conjoined twins who, who fight crime. I kind of want to see this now. I kind of I'm sad <laughs> that this isn't a real movie now. <laughs> yeah, definitely can't be because both of them are dead. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, not just Bill Paxton is dead. Yes, Patrick, we lost Patrick Swayze. You know, he's a, he was a candle that burned brightly, but unfortunately did not burn for very long no no and also he smoked a lot so you know did he was that what it was that was what it was yeah i thought he died of pancreatic cancer well yeah he wasn't smoking with his pancreas he was he inhaled pretty deep i guess so i've made i've made steve melancholy now let's let's move on shall we any more (laughs) trivia uh no that was it okay good because we did 15 minutes on a fake fucking movie (laughs) that i brought up just to hurt your goddamn feelings so let's and it worked. <laughs> All right. Um, it was directed by. I'm going to do who made it now. Yes. Okay. All right. It was directed by Emil Ardolino, and uh, he also made uh, Three Men and a Million Ladies. I'm sorry, Three Men <laughs> and a Little Lady. Three Remember Men that and a Million one? Ladies was the direct-to-video sequel. <laughs> the sequel that we never wanted and. Yeah. I really want them to make a third one right now with all of those actors. <laughs> oh, for sure. We I think we made a joke about it earlier. Yeah, it three yeah. men, three men and a, a divorcee or something like that. Exactly. Something along those lines. Produced by Linda Gottlieb. TV. She made a TV movie called The Electric Grandmother. Oh, that's I bet all that's you good. No, no, no. What's that about? Uh, it's <laughs> well, it was based. And I'm putting so many quotation marks around based. Based on I Sing the Body Electric by Ray Bradbury. Oh. And they turned it into a TV movie called The Electric Grand. <laughs> I see. So it's sort of like the kind of thing that like The Simpsons would make fun of when parodying the cluelessness of Hollywood. <laughs> it's like they adapted to Fahrenheit 451 and called it Bad Fireman or something. <laughs> Bad like Fireman. That. Uh, written by Eleanor Bergstein. Nothing. This is supposedly based on her being a dirty dancer when she was in the... It's it's supposed mm-hmm. to be semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Which means she had no imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll just write about what happened to me when I was a kid. I was I called know. Baby and I was dancing around in the Catskills back then. And the main character's name is Baby and she dances around back there. Just the main the part rest. is all the fucking with a, with a 39-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I based that on somebody else's life, so yeah, here we go. Please make it. And <laughs> I need nothing money. else. I'm a writer. Uh huh. Starring Patrick Swayze as Johnny Castle, and you know him from movies like Skate Town USA, that yep. roller disco movie. Yep, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Grey as I know that some people didn't hear me last time. If this person is so well known that I don't need to remind you what else they've been in, I'm just picking the worst movies that they've been in. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Grey as Frances Baby Houseman, and you'll know her from Tales from the Crypt Presents Ritual. <laughs> Ooh, that! Oh boy, who could forget that? Which one? she made after this movie. Yeah. You know, your career takes a certain trajectory at some point. Yep. Cynthia Rhodes as Penny Johnson, and she was in Xanadu and that great Tom Selleck uh, project, Runaway. Ah, You've seen Runaway. I have seen Runaway. It's been a million years since I've seen it. She's the pretty lady that he kind of falls in love with. You know, her blonde, his blonde partner, and she gets that bullet that can shoot around, get stuck in it, and and then they have to do a surgery on her. Yeah. Well, he has to to get the bomb out, and 
uh, he cusses and his kids hear it on the TV and, you know, he, his kids give him a hard time. I'm just going to do the plot of Runaway. And I'm, ju- and I'm watching it Fuck going, it. and I'm just watching it going, I should just be watching Magnum. I don't want to hurt my friend. Actually, that's a really great scene when he's cussing and trying to get everyone away. It's actually for a, it's, shitty, it's for like, a shitty movie. It's a yeah, great scene. Yeah, it has its moments. It definitely shows Tom Selleck's range. I don't know what he was crying about. Maybe because he was in a movie called Runaway and he could have been Indiana Jones. Maybe yeah. that could be it. I really don't want to hurt you and I don't want to continue. Hurt me. Can we? Hurt me. Can... Hurt me. <laughs> hurt me. Come on, punch me, Ray. Come on. <laughs> Cut me, Mick. This is kind of like you just standing there on the ropes going, come on. And I'm and I'm Sugar Ray just standing there waiting for the lights to change. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jerry Orbach is Jake Houseman. And you know him from movies like A Gnome Named Norm and mm-hmm. Cop Hater. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's really what he's most known for. Nothing else. It feels else. weird doing this. I want to say you also know him from X, Y, and Z, but nope. Yeah. You know where you know him from. Yeah. Jane Brucker as Lisa House, but nothing. Jack Weston as Max Kellerman. Uh, Ishtar, but he's also a character uh, actor, so you've yeah. seen him in about a billion things. Yes. Okay. Lonnie Price as Neil Kellerman. Theater. A lot of theater. Mm-hmm. It's what ruins his performance in this movie. <laughs> because he's still delivering his dialogue yeah, yeah. to people in the back row. Totally. And no one gave him the note. You're in a movie now. <laughs> The camera is like a foot from your face. Uh-huh. You don't need to know. Why are you projecting? The person that you're talking to is right next to her. Projecting to who? <laughs> Kelly Bishop as Marjorie Houseman. And she was in Solar Babies. <laughs> Anton Pedgen as the staff kid. Nothing. Max Cantor as Robbie Gould. Nothing. Charles Coles as Tito Suarez as featured black character Mm -hmm. oh yeah you're gonna hear more about that later (laughs) (laughs) neil jones is billy kostecki nothing miranda garrison is vivian pressman nothing gary goodrow as mo pressman he was in circuitry man (gasps) go find that i I, bet it's as good as it sounds (laughs) i know i recognized him from something Wayne Knight. Yeah, that Wayne Knight. Mm-hmm. As Stan. And you know him from Dinotopia, Quest for the Ruby Sunstone. <laughs> do I Do I need to tell him? Who Hello, Wayne Jerry. Is? Hello, Jerry. You know him from Jerry Seinfeld and a billion other things. This was his second film. So, yes, and he was yeah. clearly born to play a Catskills resort comedian. Kind of, yeah, he was. Yeah. Paula Truman as Sylvia Schumacher. Nothing. Alvin Mirovich as Sidney Schumacher. Nothing. They did stuff. Nothing big. It's not like you're like, oh, wait, wasn't that the person from Star Wars? And it's like, no, that wasn't. They weren't. <laughs> music by John Morris. A lot. A lot of music. But also, Eric Bulling. Not enough to be important on Wikipedia. <laughs> Along with John Barnes. Also a nobody that doesn't get mentioned at all. There's no link. There's no nothing. Three people provided the music for this movie. Why? This is your favorite movie, Steve. There's lots Why? of music. Because they needed three people to pick all the awesome music that was in the movie. Okay. Cinematography by Je- Jeffrey Jur. Nothing. Edited by Peter C. Frank. Nothing. There's nothing here. It's How not is even, that possible? It's not even really a movie. Never, never edited anything prior to this or after. I mean, Emil Production. Ardolino mostly just edits in the camera, though. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Production company, Great American Films Limited Partnership, dead, doesn't exist anymore. Distributed by Vestron Pictures, dead, doesn't exist anymore. It really sounds like they should have been making like cheesy educational movies in this in the forties, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Vestron was the okay. So in the eighties, Vestron um, was the Vestron Pictures is an offshoot of. Vestron Entertainment, I believe, and Vestron was the big producer for VHS tapes for rentals. Oh, yes, that's They're right. Big. Oh, you yeah. would see Vest- the Vestron lo- logo in front of almost ed- everything. Oh, yeah. Because the movie studios were like, here, take this, put it up. Please put up our blockbuster for video rental. And they're like, yes, thank you for the money. <laughs> um, and so they decided, hey, let's try to make some of our own. And it didn't work except for this one. Release date, August 21st, 1987. Running time, 100 minutes. Not bad, not yeah, bad. No. It's a good running time. Yeah. Budget, $5 million, adjusted for inflation, $11.9 million. Box office, $214.6 million, adjusted for inflation, $487.5 million, which guaranteed the sequel... Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, which happened ten years after this movie no, came even out. Even longer. I think it was. It was. It was. I don't think that one came out till like early two thousands. Actually, it was even longer. Uh, it was, yeah. Actually, I do have yeah. one more bit of trivia about about they. Uh, How dare of, you? Of course, after <laughs> after this movie was like a big hit. Of course, they wanted to make a sequel. They offered Patrick Swayze. You just said the the budget for this entire movie was five million dollars. Yep. They, they offered Patrick Swayze six million. To do a sequel. So they offered him as a salary, he would have made more than the entire budget of the previous film. And he turned it down. He said he didn't want to make a sequel. Damn, what did he star in instead? Uh, I think his next movie after this was probably Roadhouse. There might have been something in between. I don't think between. it was Roadhouse. Was it? I what, think what, it was what, what? Something forgettable and awful. It might have been. Because Roadhouse was look 89. Roadhouse was 89. Yeah. This was 87. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up right now because I don't know it off the top of my head. Because believe it or not, I don't have Patrick Swayze's filmography completely committed to memory. Um, can I jump while you're doing that? I'm just going to do my recommendation. Oh, you know what? Okay. Oh, my God. It was. Yes, he did Steel Dawn. Oh, which is oh, so bad. Oh, the man. The sequel to Red Dawn, right? No. That was the sequel. <laughs> Not really. That was. He was doing like a trilogy of films Red Dawn, Steel Dawn, and then. Um, the last one would be Midnight Dawn, yeah. which doesn't make sense. But, La- I don't know. know. No, Steel Dawn was a post-apocalyptic movie that Patrick Swayze did. It is, I've only seen it once. I think it's so bad. That Take was, the money, dummy. That was yes. That what was between doing? Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse. Oh man, mm-hmm. that's great. Hey, I have some trivia. Yeah, pa- uh, Patrick Swayze um, said he was never going to dance again because he had a knee injury. That's right. Yes, that's true. But he took he took this job because. Um, he liked the character, and there was dancing in it. Yep, and he's a professional. <laughs> and he and he hates Jennifer Grey's rotten, stinking guts. <laughs> but he bit his lip, and he did it because he liked the character so much. That's right? right. That's right. How often do you get the chance to play a fifty-five-year-old man fucking a seventeen-year-old? Not very often, not, says I. Not Most very people often frown at home. on that. Not very often in Hollywood, I'll tell you that. Never. Never. Never, ever. With its age-appropriate love interests. Like in The Last Crusade, we're fairly certain that Harrison Ford was 70 and that German lady was probably 12. (laughs) Which, which, you know, was fine with George Lucas. Of course it was. (laughs) He kept pouring whiskey down fucking Spielberg's throat. 
Whenever he wants to ask a question about how old is that girl again? Drink it. Drink. Have a drink. drink this. Have drink, it drink it and shut up. Drink it. Drink it and Please shut up. Please bring your take, magic to the movie. Just take the money and shut up. Direct my movie. How come you didn't have a romantic interest between E.T. and Gertie and E.T.? That oh was God. natural. That would have, should have just happened. Uh, E.T. was, what, 500 years old and Gertie was four? The missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. I kept waiting for it and it never happened. <laughs> Read this rough draft of Raiders. Yeah, Marion's 12. <laughs> I made her older like you asked. <laughs> But only a little bit. <laughs> you can't, you can't edit my mind, ca- ca- my mind, <laughs> Canon Stephen. She'll always be twelve. Ah, <laughs> uh, we can't get enough of those Lucas wanted Indy to be a pedophile <laughs> jokes. All right, Steve, are you ready to run into the cat skills with me? I'm ready. It's about damn time. Yeah, you ready to to get a cab and spend a whole... How long are they there? A week? Two weeks? I think it's mentioned in dialogue that it's three weeks, but it really doesn't matter. It it could be a week. It could be four months. It doesn't really, you know... Let's take a three-week vacation with our parents. (laughs) And run into the nasty, grimy... Just slutty... Fucking gross. Hey, how did my trousers get this wet streak on it? I was just dancing movie. Uh-huh. For dancing, Steve. I'm wholly relying on you to keep keep the plot in order because oh boy. I boo I saw it once on a date nearly forty years ago. <laughs> I didn't like it then. And I just saw it twice now, and it the plot just keeps slipping out of my fingers. Like I'm trying to hold on to jello with pubic hair. Oh, good. What a, Where did this come what from? What a delight. Oh, oh, that's Johnny's. I figured as much. You would, you would think that. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's go. Steve, take it away. Well, I, I hope you like... Uh, I, there are two things I really hope you like if you're going to enjoy this movie. I hope you like classic R&B from the early 60s. Mm. And I also hope you like completely anachronistic 1980s pop songs that are also mm-hmm. on the soundtrack. Um, that hope, are just there. That are just there. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you like both of those because there's a ton of that. No attempt at all to try to match the, 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 nope. the time period that it's in. Nope. The producers just said, fuck it. So what slow-moving flesh nightmare do we see at the beginning of this film, Steve? Well, we we see people dancing, and it's in black and white, and they're dancing to uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. And it's in slow motion. Yeah, it's in slow motion, and that's where we get the credits. And it's in close-up. Yeah, and actually, I think it's it's taken from a scene that we see later on. It's taken, I think, from one of the party scenes that we we see a little bit later. But uh, If we replace the soundtrack with a low drone, it's a David Lynch movie. It's a David Lynch movie. Oh, yes. So much of this could be David Lynched very easily. Oh, it would very be great. easily. Uh, mm. But yeah, so so after the credits, then we cut to uh, Baby and her family. It's her mom and dad and her sister, and they're in the car and they're driving to the resort in the Catskills, Kellerman's. And we hear Baby on voiceover, sort of orienting us and telling us that it was yeah. the She's summer. She's like, when I was a young girl, I got porked by an old man <laughs> at a place, and it was great, and exactly. I loved it. Exactly. And this kind of thing and never goes wrong. everyone called me a demeaning nickname. 
that I was too fucking stupid to get at the time. Exactly. Feminism. <laughs> exactly. So this is ba- baby is it's she's it's the summer between high school and college for her and so she's 17 or 18 17 or 18 and unless she, she was on the advanced track she could be 16 or 15 she could be you know she could be 14 if she really skipped ahead because she's super smart she might be 14 maybe she's 10 yeah she's somewhere between the ages of 10 and 18 maybe her mom is still pregnant with her technically <laughs> She's halfway out of her mom's vagina, driving down the highway, going to the Catskills. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. That's why. That's Patrick why Swayze they call her baby. Um, no, so and they're going to uh, they're, they're they're going to Kellerman's, which is a resort in the Catskills, which is the kind not of place, a hardware store. No, no, exactly. Which is the kind of place that middle class people used to be able to afford to go to a long, long time ago. Um, and uh, they're going. Well, there. middle class meant something else. Well, back, well then. back then, middle class people had money. Her dad's a doctor. Her dad is a, do- a doctor. Yeah, her dad is a doctor, and that's that's and that's implied that that's the reason that. They're and they're going. getting a lot of stuff free. Yeah, because he is the the owner, Max Kellerman, the owner of the place. He is like her dad is Max's doctor. So yeah, a lot of it right. is sort of he. They're there like well, as his guests. He diagnosed him as being not much more than a, a fleshy sack of scumbag. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's my favorite doctor, and you're going to get everything. For exactly. free, the best cabin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And so, so they get there, yeah, and Max, you know, gives them the big greeting, and they're getting their stuff moved in. And this is where Baby meets uh, Billy, who is one of the guys that works there, and they're kind of getting to know each other. And he's like, hey, you want a job this summer? And uh, Baby sort of sneaks off on her own and uh, Ket peeks she, at, at she Max. She does that a lot. Yeah, she does that a lot. She peeks at through the window and sees Max in the restaurant kind of giving the, the wait staff. The waiters. The waiters. And he gives a lot of exposition. Yeah. And he's I, like, All of you guys are from Yale and Harvard and Stanford and, and other Ivy League schools and here's what you do. You do your job and you fuck the daughters. You fuck them good. <laughs> fuck them hard. Raw exactly. dog it. Do that's, it. That's Make them much. happy. Be in love with them until they're gone. Exactly. That's that's pretty much exactly what he says. Fuck the daughters. If you don't get gonorrhea by the end of the summer, you're fired and you don't get a bonus. <laughs> Why is everyone looking at me that way? Hey. I just instructed my wait staff to <laughs> fuck people. <laughs> It's the resort business, kid. Come on. It's expected. It's the way it works. And so when George and, Burns was working, he was directly instructed when he was a waiter to fuck every girl he saw. <laughs> That's He broke it off at every housewife within ten miles. Are you kidding me? <laughs> One time I heard George Burns make a housewife come so hard it woke me up in the middle of the night. That's right. It's the greatest night of my life. <laughs> I said he's earning his bonus. Yeah, good for you. Do you George. want that? <laughs> Henny Youngman is a notorious poon hound. We have to literally use a hose to keep him off the ladies here. Oh my god. Exactly. We begged so. him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so and as he is giving them this talk. Uh, in walks Johnny Castle, Patrick Swayze, who is, he's the rebel who doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, he practically walks in with a wah because he kind of looks like Elvis. A little bit. And he's yeah. like, he's like, listen to the manager, guys. 
right. or something. Yeah, well, because yeah, he comes in with with like the band or the other dancers, and he's kind of like joking yeah. about it to his to to his friends and like making fun of the waiters and the and, entertainment yeah, people. Yeah, and Max basically pulls him aside and he says, "Look, just teach the daughters he pulls to dance." Nobody aside, he just yells at him in front of everybody. He says, "Teach the daughters to dance, but no funny business." That's right. By what I mean is don't fuck any of them because they're not in your class range. Yeah. yeah. Your entertainment. The waiters. You're going to give them all of those weird Negro diseases that you've picked up that I know you have. So you just do your entertainment yeah, exactly. shit. I don't even. Don't look me in the eye, you filthy, filthy entertainment <laughs> you, people. You low class animal. How dare That's you. That's right. I'll throw you back in the gutter if you even look at one of those teen girls even side. They get to fuck. You don't fucking, don't even, (laughs) don't masturbate. Nobody. (laughs) This is a classy establishment. The waiters fuck the guests, not the entertainment, you piece of shit. You put that right out of your mind. Before you leave your lodgings, I'm going to fumigate you all for musk so you can't even accidentally attract anybody. I hate you. I hate everything you represent. I could, I would kill you if I could get away with it. This, I swear Why to you. Why do we have to have religion. entertainers here? One day Why? I will kill you, Johnny Castle, I swear to God. I will fumigate the earth of all your kind. All will die. All, all will die. All will die. <laughs> There will be none left alive on Kellerman Mountain. None! <laughs> no, that whips around. Why are you not fucking yet? <laughs> <laughs> you find a daughter to fuck immediately. Pin her in the hallway. It's what they expect. <laughs> what they expect. I've never been so goddamn embarrassed in my whole life. You're not fucking it's the anyone's Kellerman daughters. Touch. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the setup. Um, (laughs) oh and also they uh, max introduces baby to his grandson um Mm. who is sort of the heir apparent who is gonna take over neil isn't it what's his name yeah neil neil and he goes um he's studying hotel management at cornell yes yes and he Um, seems like a nice guy he says he's gonna He's gonna go on a freedom ride before yeah. he uh, before he he goes to college. He's gonna try to get people registered for the vote down in the south. Yeah, and baby's and I immediately join. go, wow, he's neat. That's a that's a brave thing that he's doing. It doesn't last, no, because the movie hates him, and yeah. you will hate him. Yeah. Also, uh, baby, baby is going to join the Peace Corps. Um, she, yes, she's an baby's... ideal. She's an idealistic, like Kennedy era young person, outspoken yeah. liberal yeah. Kennedy person. Yeah, exactly. And her daddy loves her. Yes, more than Penny. Yeah, more than her just stupid a piece sister. of shit. <laughs> Her, that waste of genetic he's material. Sitting at dinner, and he's just his his chin in his hands as as baby talks. And if Penny says anything, he just picks up food from the plate and smashes it <laughs> into her ugly face. Why did he have to have her when he has baby, who he loves more than anything else in the whole? Why is she here? Why did we? Isn't bring she her? supposed to be fucked by the wait staff now? Can someone please put a dick in her mouth so she doesn't make any noise at the dinner table and leave me alone while baby's talking sorry baby repeat what you said don't you ever fucking talk when baby's talking i'm gonna gently masturbate myself while you speak baby because i love you it's not dirty don't cry wife it's it's out of fatherly love you matter not not at all to the plot of this movie so 
So yeah. Um, so we've established that relationship, yes, right? Yes, yes. And, Good. And I think it's it's a little bit later that night. Um, baby, again, baby wanders off. Yeah. And she, she goes, "I'm gonna wander off," and they're like, "Fine." Yeah, whatever. Fine. Can you take Can you take your sister with you and just kick her into a ditch or something? <laughs> just drown her in the lake. Just drown her in the lake. We won't, it's we fine. won't even notice. No one investigates that here. <laughs> not if we don't want it. And uh, and she if runs you can into, try she... to blame it on a Hispanic or a Negro while you're out, baby. <laughs> she runs into Billy again, and Billy is carrying uh, a bunch of watermelons. And yeah. and when and when Billy sees her, he's kind of nervous. He's like, "What are you doing here?" And she, you know, takes one of the watermelons to help him carry it. Mm. And he's like really reluctant. He's like, "No, no, 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 no! You can't go where no, I'm going. You can't going. come here. No, like, you don't understand what Mr. Kellerman will do to us. Yeah, or whatever his name it's only, is. Yeah, it's only it's it's no guests are allowed. And yeah. now baby's like, no. "Well, now I gotta go." So he's like, "It says no guests. There's literally it painted. It says employees only, no guests allowed." And she goes anyway. Yeah, because the rules don't apply to she her. She hears music. She hears music. She hears them. Yeah, they're they're up. They're going toward. There's like a bungalow up on the hill, and that's the area where the staff lives. That's right. Right next to the toxic waste dump. Exactly. Right. Right right above the haunted, where the cemetery was. It's the worst land. It's the worst land part part of it. Right. And he's like, and they got to climb up this huge stairway. Yeah. To get there. I'll, I'll carry one of your watermelons. And so they climb all the way up to the top and he opens the door and a, a huge cloud of twat fume comes come right out of the room and hits her in the face like a like a warm pillow. And she's like, what's that? Oh my. And then we cut to an extended shot of women tributizing against guys' legs. Oh, that yeah. That means they're rubbing themselves to orgasm. <laughs> yeah, that's dirty dancing, buddy. That's dirty dancing. Was that dirty dancing in 1963? I don't think it was, but in this movie, that's what it is. They sure are doing it in the movie. I don't know. That's um, right. They're, so, they're, so baby, like, so, so baby carries the watermelon, and she's like looking around and checking the place out. And as she's standing, there, I don't kind of think we appropriately the told them how long we watch these people dry fuck each other. <laughs> It's an extended. It's, it's yeah. an extended. Well, because yeah, well, baby kind of like wa- wanders through and is looking around, and yeah, we see we we see quite a bit of dirty dancing um, before Johnny shows right. up. Johnny and Penny show up. Well, she gets she manages to get the watermelons through the room to the other side of the room. Right. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Johnny shows up with uh, with Penny. Penny and they had danced earlier, right? They, For some yeah, reason, yeah, they danced. Well, because yeah, they dance at the club. They like t- teach lessons and stuff. That's and- right. So they come in and they're supposed to dance. All they're supposed to dance, and all the people watch them dance. They can't dance too flag, too too great or too sexy because I think the older women's vaginas would explode exactly. or something. Exactly. And and they're dancing really all sexy. Well, and, and like, the idea Max is, is the idea stop is stop it. <laughs> the idea is that they're supposed to be selling the guests dance lessons because first they come in and they dance just with each other to kind of show off a little and then they break yeah. off and they pair off with with uh, with guests and they dance with them mm-hmm. and the idea is hey you want to learn to dance like this i have a class tomorrow mm-hmm. you know like that's they're they're sort of that that's in theory yeah. that's what they're doing they're dance horse yeah exactly <laughs> 
Exactly. They're like... And she sees him dance, and she's all like, oh, my G-spot. And Neil's there like, I can do your G-spot, too. And she's like, like, no, you can't, Neil. Shut up, Neil. You don't even know where it's at. (laughs) You wouldn't know what to do with me if you had me. (laughs) Neil. Thanks, Neil. So she fans away the steam from her crotch, Mm -hmm. and then that's when she shows up, and they come in, and they're like, yay, and he starts dirty dancing with, um, what's her face? Lisa. No. What's her name? Penny. What is... Oh, Penny. Right. I'm sorry. I forgot. Penny is not her sister. Oh, no, no. Penny's the lady. Yeah, Penny's not her Her sister. No, Penny is, is Johnny's dance partner, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's Lisa is her sister. Lisa's her sister. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, we got to take back all the insults we loaded against her. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she sees them dance, and, and like the friend is like, don't worry. They're just friends. Right. They haven't fucked since they were like 12 or yeah, something. Yeah, they used to fuck all the time in elementary school. That's right. On the desk then. in front of the teacher. It was it was a real problem for a while. Johnny got they put said, away for it. Look what we learned how to do. <laughs> yeah, really, really kind of fucked my whole development, if you want to know the truth. And Johnny don't like her. He's like, why is she here? And and then he comes back and then he's in a good mood. He's like, come on, dance with me. Yeah. And right? he gives her like a little dance lesson. Where he teaches her how to thrust. Well, kind of teaches her how to thrust her hips provocatively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you dance. And That's dancing. That goes on for a couple hours where you're just like, when is this gonna stop? <laughs> <laughs> and then he disappears. The song ends and he, he vanishes at, at, off the, the edge of frame and baby's there like, hey, that was so good. Oh, he's gone. Well, he's gone. Cut to? I have no idea. What are they cut to, Steve? Where we go? Um. Oh, she sees a baby. I think her baby and Neil are going for a walk. And Oh, that's and, right. And, at the nighttime. Yeah, and she sees her sister, Lisa, has been... Uh, has been mashed uh, on has yeah has been mashed on by Robbie one of the wait staff and Robbie's like I'm sorry but he said he put a gun in my mouth and said if I don't do this my Max Kellerman is gonna kill me I've gotta get in there <laughs> I've gotta get in there he needs to smell my finger or I'm fired mm. And now we find out that Neil's a jerk because yeah. he's like, there are classes of people that I don't like lower class people because yeah. they're bad or something. Yeah, fuck poor I'm people. I'm an asshole. Yeah. Please let me put my hand up your top or something. I just yeah. look at the stars. This is a beautiful. And you're beautiful. And, and I bet you'd be more beautiful if you're naked riding my dick right now. And she's like, I got to go and check on my sister. Because yeah. I just, I think I saw an attempted rape. And right. I want to make sure that that wasn't it, but she doesn't really give a shit. Well, because what what, <laughs> no, what, what, what what happens is they they go into they he Neil takes her into the kitchen to get her something to oh, eat. Oh, that's right. And she that's sees right. she sees Penny like by herself in the kitchen, like crying, crying, and, and baby sort of and Neil doesn't notice. Only baby sees her. So Neil like sort of tap or baby taps Neil on the shoulder, and she's like, "Hey, let's get out of here. I need to go check on my sister." Um, Neil, and then, Neil can't hear a crying lady. Yeah, because well, Neil's a jerk. Because Neil's a jerk, and he's deaf he's to like, the class. I learned of the to block that class. out when my mom used to cry all the time because dad drinks. He drinks a lot. <laughs> this this place never makes any money. We're known as the horror hotel because we forced all the bus boys and waiters to fuck late, fuck the girls. And you can't get high paying people to come here unless they want to, you know, have their daughters. I mean, how is that a selling point? Please bring your young daughters here so our waiters can fuck them. 
<laughs> what we That's really great. need, what we really need, is for like a really good bouncer to come in here and clean this place the up. The brochure for this place put my dad in jail for a year. <laughs> the brochure put my dad in jail for a year. <laughs> so anyway, they they anyway, leave I block the, out lady crying. That's I don't they, hear it. They get out. They get out of the kitchen, and once baby gets away from Neil, she runs straight to Billy. And then they do the telephone game because they're dancing again. Or no, yeah, it's a, it's they're they're instructing. Yeah, they're right? da- yeah, he's exactly. dancing with with big titted. My husband's not here. Yes, yes. So, so she tells Billy, and then Billy goes She's and tells like Johnny, and the Johnny, most attractive woman in the movie. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and Johnny's like, uh, you know, gotta go. And yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. My tongue does not go there, lady. And he's, <laughs> they 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 you know they telephone it. She tells yeah. dude, whatever his name is. Billy. Dude, Billy. Billy tells Johnny. tells Johnny. And then they all rush back to where where she is, right? Yeah. And he's like, it's okay. I'll take care of you. I'll always take care of you. And that's when he find, That's when she finds out right before that Pen, Penny's pregnant. Yes. Penny's pregnant. And Robbie is the daddy. No, no, no. Remember, she assumes that it's Johnny's baby. Well, she assumes that it's Johnny's at first, yeah, because she says, like, is he going to take care of it? And Johnny kind of turns on her and he's like, oh, so it's automatically mine, huh? And then she finds out that it's well, actually yeah, Robbie's. you dance all sexy with her all the time. Yeah, of course. Like, you she, you probably get people pregnant just dancing with them, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, geez, you probably came in your jeans while you were dirty dancing. And right. And she rubbed her vagina on it. It happens. It's it not was, just an urban myth. Happens. That can happen, yeah. She better get rid of that baby because it's probably fucked up. Yeah, it's not a good. Yeah, I mean, the sperm are probably all squished. You know? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be all deformed and shit. Right. So they, they take her back and she's like, I can't. I can't take care of it. There's a doctor in town. Heavy quotation. But there's a doctor yes. in town. And he says he's leaving and he'll take care of it for $200. Yep. But we don't have that money. And, and, and baby's like, I'll get the money, right? Yeah, and she goes and she asks her dad, and she says, hey, can I have $200? First, first she pushes her, her sister Lisa into the mud and stands on her <laughs> while talking to him. Exactly. And she's Shut, like, up. The hum- Shut up. The humans are talking. Anyway, dad. That's right. Um, You're interrupting dad's golf game and my important question. <laughs> Daddy, can I please have $200 for no reason that I'm not going to tell you? And he's like, sure, sure. Yeah. I'll give it. Actually, she asked for 250 250 yeah. If anyone can hear that, that's my dog <laughs> trying to get me to not review this movie anymore. <laughs> and she's losing it. <laughs> she's losing her mind. Um, and he goes, sure, honey pop. I'll give you the money. Here you go. Yeah. Meanwhile, Penny's like, can I have a quarter for soda? And he just steps right on her face. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear something, baby? Because I sure didn't. I called her Penny again. Lisa go. <laughs> yeah. Penny is the is is the girl in trouble. Right. And so she brings the money and she gives it to, to Penny. And Penny's like, yay, but I can't do it. The doctor's leaving on Thursday and we have this big dancing thing on Thursday. And none of the other girls can do it. Um, even though there's like a ton of girls at that, you know, at that crotch palace right. well, that yeah. they dance the, at, yeah, you know, I mean, the crotch room. The excuse is that they all they all have to work. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, then what? Well, baby says, uh, "I'll do it." Yeah, she says, "I'll be I'll be Johnny's partner." I can do it. I don't know how to dance. 
but but if Johnny could teach me, that but would make if Johnny can that, envelop me in his in his meat shirt and show me how to dance. That, I'll I'll do it. That and would be like, a great a that plan. Would, that would be a great plot for a movie if we did what, that. What a great abortion plan we have! Hey, let's, let's get Penny let's, an abortion. <laughs> That's the plot for this movie. Nobody talks about that, do they? No, nope, it's but an it's abortion there. movie. It's an abortion movie, and so now we have an interminably long teaching her how to dance sequence. Right? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm angry, and you're making noise during my podcast. I don't care if you're hungry. <laughs> Why should you have food? Lay down. Be a good girl. Start treating you like Lisa. <laughs> oh, put your real panic. Put your face in the mud. Face. Anyway, so where are we? Oh, so there's a bunch of dancing shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they get closer together. <laughs> they fall in love. I don't know if he does, but she definitely does, right? Well, she's there already, I think, yeah. And he's, like, trying to teach her lifts and right. trying to te- get her hips to move. And, and at least Penny's involved trying to teach her and stuff. Right, right. right. And what else? Does anything else happen? Uh, oh, well, there's this... She... Um, we forgot about this part. I do want to... I want to make sure we mention this. Uh, after she finds out that Robbie is the dad of Penny's baby, she goes to Robbie to try to get him to take care of it first before she asks her dad for the money. And, that's right. And that's when Robbie... Uh, just to make sure that we don't like him, uh, he whips out his dog-eared well-read, worn copy mm-hmm. of, of Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. Oh, uh, The Fountainhead. <laughs> and, I mean... I like that. You might as well... They might as well have a scene of him, like, choking a baby to death. I mean, it's they like... They might as well have a scene where he quickly removes his swastika armband. <laughs> exactly. And he, sa- he he even says, he says, you know, baby, some people matter and some people don't. Yeah, and I'm like, he's a bad guy. I love that they use the fact that he reads Ayn Rand to establish that he is a bad guy. It's yep. one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, yep. But yeah, so so um, yeah, they're learning. She's learning how to dance and she's practicing the moves. And there's, uh, they have a little bit of a fight because uh, he won't. He doesn't want to teach her the lift, and they have to do the lift for the act that they're going to do. So he's like, "All right, mm-hmm. fine. You want to learn how to do the lift?" So they go to the woods, and first they're like balancing on a on like a log, and then they're in the water because he yeah. says the best way to learn how to do lifts is in the water. Um, right. And they do that and for a little while. Then he presents her with an entire car lot full of cars and teaches her how to wax them. <laughs> yes, yes. He even tells her, he says it's about balance and focus. I'm just saying. Uh-huh, right. Imagine we karate, just the karate, imagine karate kid. kid if Swayze played Mr. Miyagi. No. <laughs> if he was like, instead of like a World War II veteran Japanese guy, if it was just Patrick Can Swayze. Can he do it in yellow face? It just Pat- no, 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 it's just Patrick Swayze. It's, he's just this. It's, it's better in yellow face. He's just, he's just a 30-something dude working at the, at, at the apartment building who knows some karate. I'd rather have a man with minimal acting range trying to pretend to be a Japanese man. An old one at that, who stands cl- clearly stands at least three feet taller than Danielson. <laughs> anyway, she learns it. She learns to dance. Uh, they they go to the other. This dancing thing that they have to do is at another hotel. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And she's got to make an excuse to leave, so she blackmails her stupid sister Lisa by saying, I'm going to lie to my parents if you don't cover for me. And Lisa's like, what did, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why am I being treated this way? It's very obvious that uh, I'm going to drop my dog into an incinerator <laughs> very shortly if she doesn't stop this. No intention of quitting, do you? You stupid... <laughs> oh, boy. It's like, today of all days, there's no way you're getting through this without, <laughs> without me just fucking making noise. What do you want? What is it? You don't even know, you dumb beast. <laughs> you, you dumb beast. Speaking of dumb beasts, back to Lisa. Anyway, that works, right? <laughs> She's going to lie yeah. to her parents about yeah. about baby being gone. And then they go and they dance. Yeah. And she doesn't do the lift, but everything else is good. Yeah, and Johnny, right? yeah, Johnny, yeah, and you know, yeah, the, Johnny seems pretty happy with how things went. And uh but yeah. but uh-oh, there's trouble. You know what my favorite part of the training sequence was? What? When he was going to take her out to the log for the balancing scene. And it's dumping rain on top of him, and he he rips a fence post out of the ground, and then breaks the window because he locked his keys in his car. Yeah, and she screams out loud, "You're wild!" Yes, because he's wild. Because he's wild. Because yeah, he's wild. Um, Steve. Yes. If it was still raining, would they have gone to the log in the middle of the forest to do the balancing scene? Well, luckily, it wasn't raining when they got there. I know. What luck. Yeah, right? The dance god smiled upon them and said, no, no, she needs this. You will teach her, she Johnny. You will teach her. <laughs> I, th- I don't know if this is... I, I don't know if my dog is literally having some sort of seizure or now she's just rolling on the ground. <laughs> she's just rolling. Aww. Tail going a million miles an hour. She sounds happy. Just not a thought in her fucking head. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they 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 get back. To- oh, they get back, and and then uh, little Jimmy Bad News, whatever his name is, <laughs> little Jimmy What's his name? Billy, Billy Bad News, Billy Bad That's News, perfect. Yes, <laughs> runs up and says, "Come quick!" He's basically the lassie of this exactly. Movie. And he, they go back, and uh oh, it's a botched hey, abortion. Yeah, the doctor was bad, mm-hmm. and she's. Dying or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh oh. And so, of course, what what do we do? Baby runs and gets her dad, who's a doctor. That's right. I have to take care of this. Okay. This isn't. This is Fix intolerable. It. Fix it. Okay, I'm back. You know, you know what? It, you know what it is. What? Well, she she hears that we're reviewing Dirty Dancing, and she's dancing. Yeah. She's da- she. Don't say that she, about my she, dog. She's dancing for you. My dumb dog is my damn da- my business, not yours. <laughs> Don't you put. Don't you put that on her. She's definitely not dirty dancing. <laughs> She's tap dancing from the sound of it. Yeah, she is. Because she refuses to let me clip her goddamn nails, that's why. She's old. She's like a billion years old. She doesn't want she doesn't want me to clip her nails, so fine. Where were we? Uh botched abortion. Oh, she goes and gets her dad. Yeah. And her dad gets up and she's like, What is it? Is it Lisa? Did you kill her? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me Lisa's dead. Please. Is Lisa finally dead? Is our family nightmare over? <laughs> Do I? Can I stop even pretending to care? Am I free? And, mm-hmm. and she gets she gets him up, and he goes. She takes him to Penny. Penny's all sick. He recognizes right away. 
that it's a botched abortion. He asks, who's responsible for this? Uh, Johnny says, it's me. He gives him a dirty look. And uh, he breaks out some narcotics or something. Yeah, he gives her a shot of something. Yeah. Comes out in the morning and he shakes he shakes uh, Billy's hand, but not Johnny's hand. He gives him a dirty look. Then he grabs he grabs baby and he's like, "You've broken my heart, baby." <laughs> I thought you were perfect, but you're not perfect. I don't know who you are anymore, and now I don't know who I am. How am I supposed to function? Destroyed my life. Am I supposed to be a father to Lisa now? God. I guess I'll have to choke down the vomit and spend more time with Lisa. God, why did you do this to me? And he leaves. Yep. And then shit happens. I don't know what happens. There's a lot of fucking that happens at yeah, this point. She goes she goes back to Johnny to apologize for how her dad treated him. And Johnny is actually like, No, your dad's great. Like he's right on the life. money. He's right. I'm scum. <laughs> people people the reason why people treat me like I'm nothing is because I am nothing. That's right. Yeah. I didn't make that baby, but I made plenty of others <laughs> that I don't even know the names of or where they're at. <laughs> and then they have sex. And then she fucks him, right? She's like, I and want that. And it's that glowy, dewy, first-time sex that doesn't hurt and is perfect. Yep, exactly. Just like in real life. <sighs> anyway, so that happens. <laughs> and then he treats her weird. Then he treats her bad the next day. A little bit, like, yeah. Like, you don't want to look at her in the face or nothing. Yeah, he's a little Penny's feeling awkward. better, and, yeah. and he's like... I got my dick in you, and uh, I don't know what the problem is now. But they get over it quick, don't they? Yeah, there's a little awkwardness, and then they get over it. Uh, well, be, yeah, um, because uh, they they both go to see Penny, and then mm-hmm. and then Baby leaves first, and Penny is, says to Johnny, like, because Penny can tell that there's something between Johnny and Baby, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And yeah. uh, Johnny's she says, "You like, need to end it now." And Johnny's you need to like, "Stop it!" Jo- yeah, Johnny's like, "I I don't worry, I know what I'm doing." And when he walks outside, Baby is like. St- sitting there waiting for him and mm-hmm. he kind of he gives her kind of a look you know like he's gonna you know he, he's gonna be sort of distant to her but then he smiles and then she smiles yeah. and it's like so they're 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 still yeah. okay like and he um, whips his dick out and they yeah say, fuck it and she's like fuck yes um he he refers to it as super dirty dancing super dirty dancing <laughs> we didn't have sex daddy we just had super dirty dancing <laughs> oh god why <laughs> 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 no condom, nothing. Just no condom, fuck nothing. It. <laughs> nothing, daddy. You don't Just have to me. wear a condom when you dance, daddy. I call him daddy when he fucks me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then we have a little breakfast scene where he's not paying any attention to her. Right. And now paying attention to Penny. Because to there's a there's a talent show coming. Yeah. Because of course there is. Yep. <laughs> Neil's there, and he's like, "Talent show," and and Dad's like, "Let's leave early," and they're like, "But we're paid through to the till Sunday, and it's whatever day this is." <laughs> <laughs> Thursday? I don't know. It's not whatever. And so that has upset her because her dad is not treating her like the golden child anymore. And in fact, Lisa. I keep calling her Penny. Oh, fuck it. I don't care. Lisa throws it in her face at one point. She uh-huh. says, oh, you're just upset because you're you're not the light that shines out of Dad's asshole anymore. <laughs> it's me. I'm that asshole light now, and you're just filth. I don't know what you did, but whatever it was, keep doing it, and maybe Dad will manage to say I love you without vomit and blood coming out of his nose. 
<sighs> so she goes and fucks Johnny again. I mean, what else? Yeah, you and then do? she like, fucks Johnny. Some they just fuck all the week. They're just like fucking will make the pain go away, and it's not. And then at one point, she confronts her dad, who's sitting out on the sitting out on the porch waiting to die. Exactly, <laughs> just contemplating his life, staring blankly and into she's the distance. Like, I'm so sorry I disappointed you, but you disappointed me too. I'm not sure how. You did that, Dad, because you acted like a dad. <laughs> that I, was I think disappointing. what I'm saying is, no matter how many times I lied to you about really important things, you should still treat me like I'm great, which I guess is true. I don't know. And she gets teary and she runs away. And he gets a little teary and he looks out at the lake and he's like, I could drown both my daughters. <laughs> I love that his... Okay, so let's just recap. What has happened here is he found out that his 18-year-old daughter has a boyfriend at their resort, right? And yeah, there was some un, there was some unseemly stuff with the abortion and borrowing money for, you know, like... A, a, and he thinks Johnny reason. is the father. But... But when we see him at the beginning of this scene, he's sitting there alone on the porch, staring out over the lake, like fucking, like Michael at the end of Godfather 2. Like his his life is over. (laughs) Meanwhile, out on a boat, the mother and Lisa, and Lisa just keeps talking about fishing, and it just pans past her. Say the Hail Mary over the line, and let's get this over with, okay? (laughs) Anyway... Um, then what? I don't know. Oh, so now we have the mystery of the wallets. Of the That's wallet. right. Well, but yeah, because the, 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 uh, the sexy housewife that Johnny was involved with, um, sees him Her with husband. baby and in a fit of jealousy frames him for stealing wallets to get him fired. Well, kind of. Right. She's all like, he stole my husband's wallet because the husband eventually showed up. Right. Yes. And um, then the wallet gets stolen, and uh, they fire him. Yeah. Right? And he's like, I've been fired. But then it turns out he wasn't. I mean, he was He. Okay. So what happened was, she has to stand up. Oh, bless you. Oh, my and God. She tells her daddy, he Johnny didn't do it. I know, because I had his dick in my mouth when that time that they said that the wallet was stolen. But he's like, what? Moment. Tell me. And. And she's like, I can't tell you again. Just like when I borrowed money for that other girl's abortion, I can't tell you how I know. And then Max Kellerman comes up and then she tells him, right? Right. Yeah. And she's like, that's because Johnny and I were uh, were hugging with. We were doing the genitals. special. We were doing the mommy daddy <laughs> hug. That's right. Yeah. And now Dad's just done. Her Dad's or like, Christ, can we leave now, please? <laughs> I don't want to be here no more. So then Johnny isn't fired because it turns out two lovely old people that we saw briefly were the ones that were stealing. Right. And they're wanted in like nine counties. Yeah. And they shot their way out of the Kellerman <laughs> Ranch. And there's like nine people dead. And they're on the lamb now. They're still now. at large. They were last they're seen in the mountains outside the resort. 
That's right. They busted into the police station and the man <laughs> strangled one of the sheriffs with a belt and the other one had a bolt gun that's used for cows and they're just killing their way across the country now. This 90-year-old and his even older husband. You want the one uh, right tool. But Johnny's leaving anyway. Yeah, well, I think he, he was actually still fired because of his relationship with Baby because because as we established, waiters can fuck the guests Musicians cannot fuck the guests. No, they can't. So no. she, he's still fired because yeah. he fucked one of the guests. Yeah, and that is that pussy is only for the wait staff. Exactly, who are all going to Ivy League colleges. There is a hierarchy right? that must be respected. That's right, and he disrespected it, so he's still going. Yes, and she's like, "I've lost all hope. I can't change anything. This world is evil." Cause my kind of boyfriend got fired for disobeying house policy at the place he works. Yes. Not because we've only seen one black man here, but this, because... This is what Allen Ginsberg was talking about when he wrote Howl. That's right. I get it now. The world is an unjust place. And he's like, you shut up. I'm telling you, you shut up now. How dare you? Not you. You're a good, pure... You, you gotta... I don't know what he fucking says. Something along the lines. You're one of the good ones or yeah you yeah you can go pulp. you can go out and do something great that's yeah. right you can go out and do something great not me i can go out and do old ladies that's <laughs> that's what i do because he admitted earlier that he's fucked a lot of the guests yes like a lot of, and he thought but here's the thing he was in love he thought they cared about him but they were just using it for his penis imagine that i know he probably had lofty dreams that one of these rich women from New York was going to take him back to New York and he he would become their boy toy. This yeah. lady that's 30 years older than him. And <laughs> Well, yeah, why not? He cleans up real good, you know. Does, yeah, he, he wears yeah. a tuxedo a lot in this movie. Yeah, come on. He could be, he could be yeah. arm candy, right? That's right, that's right. Fuck. Ladies don't mind the girdle. No, They're they don't even like, mention yeah, it anymore. They let, him, they let him keep it on, it's fine. That's right. You're doing him from behind, but who knows the fucking difference? He's leaving. Yeah. Anyway. And she's like, boo-hoo. <laughs> and then there's the talent show. Yeah, and, and we have to sit through that, and we have to we have to hear Lisa sing her little part. Yeah, Lisa goes up there and sings her little part. Oh wait, there's a brief moment where Lisa and her kind of commiserate. Yeah, because because baby's just sitting on her bed looking sad, and then her sister comes up and says, "I can do your hair nice." Oh, never mind, your hair is always nice, just the way it is. We're everything's better now. We don't say anything, but it's fine. It's fine. Right? Yeah. So what does Lisa sing during the talent show? Oh, what does she sing? I can't remember. Who cares? It's it's, it's Lisa. Yeah, it's Lisa. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, and 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 well, and they're also they're doing like the. the she big... could have been up there singing. My daddy hits me, it, that, and yeah, no one would be would paying care. attention. Be like, oh god. Can we please move on to the well, next? Well, she's guest? she's doing, and she's she's all, she also has a, a section in sort of like the end of season song that they all get up and sing. Mm, yeah, and that's what yeah. they're watching, and everybody's just sort of watching politely because it's like you know it's really cheesy and hoary, and it's like it's like you know it's the Catskills. It's like a, a really it's boring white people shit. Yeah, and and then all of a sudden, to the shock of no one, really, if you've ever seen a movie before, Johnny mm -hmm. Johnny comes walking in. 
comes storming in, That's and everyone's right. like, and for some reason, all the entertainment people are there. Yeah, and I don't know what all of those entertainment people do because we only ever see Johnny and maybe Penny work. <laughs> yeah, they're also there. There's other entertainment happening in other are parts they of the in resort. the band. Yeah, I guess. And he walks up to the table where, um, you know, the Houseman family is. Mm-hmm. And what does he say, Steve? Well, see, Baby is positioned in such a way that she has, she's sort of in the corner. Uh-huh. And so so Johnny walks up and he, he looks at her and he says the, uh, the iconic line of this movie, mm. which will echo through the halls of cinema forever. Yeah. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. Unless it's me with when I fuck her against right. the Right. Sometimes and she, we, we gravitate yeah. towards, yeah. Corners are nice because you get walls on both sides and you have more, you know, there's more points right. of contact. So, but that's know. more like a, a Ouija board movement. None of us are shooting for the corner. No, no, no. You just no. wind up there through the movement. You, you kind of end up there. Yeah. As I plow her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I never actually say, hey, want me to fuck you in the corner. It just kind of happens, you know. <laughs> Right. Well, there was that one time, but I mean, that was. I did just, say it last okay, night. Okay, let's for, just put this to way. be frank. You don't put baby in the corner unless you're gonna fuck her. You're not fucking her, and you're a you? dad, so that's not cool. Okay. Yeah, it's not cool. How dare you? You have another daughter to abuse. <laughs> yeah, ruin I mean, her life. Ruin Lisa's yeah. life. <laughs> and he grabs her. Right. He picks her up and, and and pulls her away from the table. Yeah. And they and, and dad he, jumps up with a gun and he goes, not my baby. Not, and he shoots everybody. He shoots them. <laughs> he shoots his wife. He shoots himself. No, actually, and the, the mom grabs him by the wrist and kind of holds him back. And she's like, I just want to see what's going to happen. I My life is so boring. I've been so uninvolved in anything <laughs> that's been happening. A strange, I just want to see. A stranger just pulled our daughter away from our table. I really want to see what happens next. He's handsome. So he's handsome like you used to be. <laughs> so Johnny leads her up on stage and mm. everybody's kind of shocked and sort of standing back and They're like Gasp. And, and, and and he says uh I always do the last dance every year. And this year I want to do my kind of dancing with a great partner. And then mm-hmm. so he so he goes off off stage to Billy who is standing there. Billy puts on a record that plays a song that doesn't exist yet and then they they, <laughs> they basically do their dance from the Sheldrake uh, mm. But you know, but this time it's it's a little more epic. You know, like Johnny gets down off the stage. It's all over the room. They're all yeah. He's dancing up the aisles with the other entertainment people, and mm. and then Baby runs off the stage, or they they lift Baby off the stage, and she runs up the aisle, and then they do the lift that that they missed when they did it the first time. Right. Um, and uh, and everyone claps, and they think it's great. Everyone's happy. Uh, Even oh, Max Kellerman. Uh, Robbie like- accidentally confesses to baby's dad that he was well, the father. baby's dad has written a red letter of recommendation for him for whatever medical school for, he's yeah. going to yeah and uh then robbie goes eh, thanks for helping out with that that girl i got pregnant and he's like what and he's like i totally got her pregnant but she don't count the poor are kind of like dogs but look like people and we can treat them any way they want right they're just scum everybody's scum you're scum i don't mean like scum scum you're not as rich as me but you know thanks jerk and the dad takes the letter away and tears it up he's so upset oh god and then, just disillusioned and then pretty with soon everything every, everybody's not dirty dancing 
Gang. Yep. They're just kind of dancing some of these other songs, and everyone's having a good time. And Max Kellerman's like, "Well, it's not the draw of that that is usually the fucking of the daughters, but this is <laughs> if it'll keep oh, me out of yeah, bankruptcy, I'll go with it." Yay! <laughs> and it'll keep me out of jail if anyone finds out about the other things. Yeah, about all anyway. the things I've done. Yippee! Hey, soul black character, do you have more of this music? And and that we're supposed to go? Nah, it's fixed. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, all the entertainment people and everybody's dancing, and then. Um, I think Johnny and Baby are leaving to probably fuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the dad comes up, right? Yeah. yeah. And and he turns to Johnny and he says, Johnny, I am I admit when I'm wrong or something. Yeah, when right? I'm wrong, I'm when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I didn't actually just say it, but you know, but the intent's there. Theoretically, if I was theoretically, wrong. okay, I was wrong about you getting your friend pregnant, but I'm wrong. Well, you're probably gonna get my daughter pregnant before we even <laughs> look. She, I mean, okay, she's look, probably I was pregnant wrong now, about to be honest. I was wrong about something. Maybe about judging you. I know you came up to my house that Steve and Jason didn't cover, where you try to talk to me, and I say, "Shut up! Shut! Shut your! Shut your sexy mouth!" And I try <laughs> to tell you to shut up, and you leave. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm cool with some fucking dance instructor fucking my daughter a lot before she goes to college. Are you still even going to college, baby? Did you just throw your whole life (laughs) away? Did you just throw your whole life away? For this fucking 97-year-old dance instructor that we met at a Catskills hotel. But then he says, you were what? You were gorgeous. You were sex. You were, what does he say to her? You looked, I think it's something like you looked great out there or something. Oh, yeah. You look great out there. And they hug and everything's forgiven, right? Yeah. And then we pan away. We pan back from everyone dancing, right? Yep. Credits. And then the end. End of movie. The movie's over. Yeah. And their their love survives the next two days. <laughs> yep. Maybe. And then, <laughs> and then they leave, and that's it. She leaves with her parents. She goes to college. And Johnny now has something else to be mopey about. Johnny becomes a house painter. <laughs> yeah, or something. I mean, we don't know if he got his job back or not. No, it's not important. Why? Uh, well, I will get to that when I get to my review, actually. Oh, okay. If you would like Nothing me. about this film is important. You heard it here first. <laughs> Steve Shives says, don't get invested, because fuck it, it's fake anyway. <laughs> so, Steve. Yes, my friend? How do you feel about Dirty Dancing's movie that we just re- we just recapped? I like it. Good. I like the movie. Good for you. I like the movie. I like. I, I like the movie quite a lot. Um, do you Do you want to stop um, there? Yeah, that's it. I, that's my going? review. I like it. <laughs> um, actually, so here's the thing. Uh, some movies are great because they tell us things we need to hear, right, about the world or about history or about ourselves. Some movies are great because they have complex plots that click along like finely made clocks or because they introduce us to fascinating and complicated characters. Some movies are right. some movies are great because they're expertly made, beautifully photographed and directed, meticulously edited. Some That's right. some movies are great because they challenge us or make us laugh or break our hearts. And That's right. and some movies are great even if they don't do any of those things. 
And, I'm conflicted. And, and Dirty Dancing, for me, is one of those movies. In no way is this movie groundbreaking. In no way is this movie challenging. In no way is this movie distinguished by a higher level of filmmaking. It's not bad filmmaking. It's fundamentally sound. It's professional, mm. but it's not terribly artful or creative. And yet, for me, it works. And watching it this time, when this was the first time in a couple years that I've actually sat down and watched it. Um, and I haven't watched it nearly as much as I have watched other Swayze movies. Like Roadhouse is pretty much my... Roadhouse and Point Break are like my one-two punch for Swayze. Uh, Dirty Dancing sort of lags behind them as far as how many times I've seen it. But I've seen it a couple times. Mm. But it's been a long time since I watched it. I watched it for this, and I think it works really, really well. And it works because it finds the perfect actor for this story, or maybe I should reverse that and say that it finds the perfect story for these actors. Because what Dirty Dancing does better than anything else is give Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey opportunities to show us why we like them. They are both incredibly likable, appealing actors, and this movie does almost nothing but play to their strengths. Pat... <gasps> There's the it's fine. I have no idea what's going on. Probably a delivery. Yeah, the dog jumped up because she trying to get to your attention. Bark at whatever's at the door because this is the dog review of fucking Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm. I'm. I'm glad that she agrees with me. So, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> traitor, traitor. Anyway, so here's the thing. Um, Patrick Swayze is no. No sarcasm, no irony. One of my favorite actors. Mm -hmm. Is that because he is one of the best actors? No, not really. Is it because he is a dazzling martial artist or because he's someone who does unbelievable stunts? No, not really. But I like him. I see him and I want to watch him. And there are things about his typical on-screen persona that I do like. I do admire the way he, he tends to both exemplify and challenge traditionally masculine tropes. Like he does that throughout his career and he does that in Dirty Dancing because Johnny is this really graceful, talented dancer, but also not for one second do you doubt that he could kick any ass he wanted to kick at that resort. Um, Swayze invests him with a kind of brooding intensity that never gets too dark or too intense. Like he's not a grim, depressing, angry character. He has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He loses patience with Baby sometimes during their dancing lessons, but he never outright loses his temper, except in that one scene that I don't think we mentioned during our recap where he beats the shit out of Robbie, who absolutely has it coming. Um, and, and he's shown as the kind of guy who sticks his neck out for people and who appreciates it when people do the same for him. He just seems like a nice guy. He seems like the kind of guy that if you knew him, you would want to have him on your side. And Jennifer Grey does something kind of similar with Baby, where she starts out as this superficially recognizable type, and then she grows from there. Yes, she's young and idealistic and naive, 
but she's not a caricature of any of those things. She's not blinded by her idealism. She's not so inexperienced or so naive to the point of being clueless. Um, when they discover Penny crying in the kitchen, she handles that in a really mature way that lets us know that she's not only got some sensitivity, but also some brains because she's able to lead Neil out of there and get Johnny in there without anybody else finding out. And she's willing to stand up for people too. And, and, and she's willing to stand up to her father eventually when it comes to that, uh, when he fails to live up to her expectations for him. But uh, she's also still afraid enough of what people will think that she isn't open about her relationship with Johnny. And, and so she's not perfect. She's sympathetic. She's, she's human. And, um, and also I have to, Jennifer Grey, I think was my second movie girlfriend after Elizabeth Shue and the Karate Kid. Um, Elizabeth Shue and the Karate Kid was my first movie girlfriend. And then Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing is my second movie girlfriend. Can I ask you a question? Uh, yes, please. Is Elizabeth Shue uh -huh. more attractive when she was young in Karate Kid or now? As um, at sitting here now as a 40-year-old man, <laughs> I, w mm. I would say Elizabeth Shue is more attractive now. Yeah, I agree yeah. because I did not find her terribly attractive when I was a teenager. Really? See, I found her. Yeah. She was, she was, and granted, I was like, I don't, I think I was, it, this was like, you know, pre-pubescent Steve where you're like, you're, you're having feelings that you don't even yet understand. But I saw <laughs> like, I saw Elizabeth Shue in, in Karate Kid and... I was like gobsmacked. I think it was the first time I ever remember being, ever remember noticing how attractive a person was, you know, where I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, like, I don't even know what I'm feeling, but I feel something. Um, okay. So that was, okay. that was Elizabeth Shue and, and all, and I felt the same thing for, for Jennifer Grey and Dirty Dancing. And um, so she was my, she's my second movie girlfriend and her relationship with Johnny in this movie is not like a lot of relationships that we see in similar movies. It doesn't follow as tortured a path as many similar relationships in romantic movies do. There, we don't. It's not the uh, get together, break up, get back together pattern. There isn't a big misunderstanding that leads them that leaves them on the brink of never seeing each other again until there's a dramatic last second reconciliation. They tease that a little bit, but they never actually do it. They sort of subvert it. They see where it looks like, you know, baby's going to get jealous of Johnny because he's going to do more dance lessons with the, the horny housewife. But then he tells her, oh, no, actually, I don't have time for any more lessons. And, you know, and he gives the husband his money back. And it's like they tease that it's going to be this this point of tension between them, but then they go the other way. Um, mm -hmm. And she, she, she likes him. She's attracted to him. Uh, he's wary of her at first, but then gets to know her pretty quick. And then he likes her too. And once they get together, that's pretty much it. I mean, they seem genuinely good together. Often couples in romantic movies seem to hate each other. Like they're always bickering. They seem to be ruining each other's lives. And there's like, mm -hmm. and there's no reason for them to want to be together or for us in the audience to want to see them together. But with Johnny and Baby, like they genuinely seem like they care about each other. They get along. They have good chemistry. When Baby messes up the lift during their dance at the Sheldrake, Johnny doesn't castigate her for it. He doesn't seem mad about it at all. 
he focuses on the positive and seems totally sincere in that scene when uh, that we were making fun of about when, when Baby asks Johnny if he's had many women before her and he ends up telling her about all the, the, the housewives and stuff that kind of throw themselves at him. Uh, mm-hmm. She comes across as curious, not jealous, and Johnny answers her honestly and doesn't come across as defensive about it. It just it seems like a really good relationship. And mm. is it destined to last? Probably not. Would it even have a chance to last? Probably not, if this were real life. But this isn't real life, so that doesn't matter. And the movie tells us that it doesn't matter in that final dance sequence when we see Billy put on a record to play the music that Johnny and Baby are about to dance to. And the song that plays from that record is a song that does not exist during the time period of this film that is the movie that is the movie going beyond the limitations of the story that it is telling of the period and telling us this is a movie this is a fantasy maybe this happy ending where baby and johnny get together get get their time together in the spotlight and baby and her father reconcile and johnny at least gets a nod from her father just some minimal approval and we don't have to worry about the future or whether or not they're going to be able to make something work long term that that that's not how reality works reality doesn't work like that we don't get these perfect little happy endings but this isn't reality this is a movie and here this sort of thing can happen and when it does happen it's wonderful and uh i i finished this watching this movie with a big smile on my face and feeling good i i was i was entertained yes the plot is horribly contrived i mean when you really think about it the plot is so convoluted to 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 justify why baby and johnny are dancing together to justify to the 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 bit at the end with the stolen wallets and and the real explanation for that that just seems thrown in for no reason just to add some extra complication to it um the movie has some really corny moments the character of the mom of marjorie houseman is just criminally underdeveloped which is made even worse because she is played by kelly bishop who is fantastic um, you might know her as the mom from Gilmore Girls if you've seen her in other stuff. She's a fantastic actor, and she has almost nothing to do here, which is a real shame. Um, and you mentioned a couple times the it's an incredibly white movie, the almost complete lack of not just black characters, but black faces. Like there's you know a few fleeting glimpses of a black couple that dance in the dance scenes, and there's the black band leader, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that is that that is a terrible shame. Um, but I don't think that the imperfections of the movie detract from the overall experience of watching it. Um, this is my idea of a great popcorn movie. It's fun. It's charming. It's ultimately a feel-good, affirming experience. It's centered on likable, talented actors playing to their strengths. It's got a fantastic supporting cast. Jerry Orbach trying not to cry as Baby tells him off on the porch is so good. Um, it's got just enough depth to it that it doesn't feel completely frivolous, but it's not the kind of important, serious film that's going to be provoking questions that you'll still be thinking about days later. And that's okay. It's an energetic, hopeful movie, and it asks us to sympathize with the babies and the Johnnies of the world, not the Robbies. And I can't argue with that. 
So that's my review. Highly recommended for me. I like Dirty Dancing. I don't give a fuck what you say. I like Dirty Dancing. Not actually doing it. I, I would never dance like, like that. You know, I'm not a dancer per se. But the movie, the movie Dirty Dancing, I really like. So just wanted to clear that up. Hurt me, hurt me, hurt me, hurt me, hurt me. I'm ready. I, you can, no, no, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me now. No, I'm beyond you're bulletproof. It. I'm beyond it. I'm bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing I can Go say. Ahead. Go ahead. And I'm not going to try to change Steve's mind. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. If Steve enjoys the movie, that's great. If you guys enjoyed the movie, that's great. If other people enjoyed the movie, great. I didn't enjoy the movie. <laughs> 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 so let me put it let me put it to you this way. I have a tolerance for melodrama when it's handled correctly. And the basic plot is melodrama. What do we have? We have two kids from the opposite sides of the track. <laughs> one of them is 104 years old and the other one might be 3. <laughs> A tale as old Just as time. Kidding. A tale as old as time. Both of our indeterminate age. One is probably 18 and the other one is probably 25. Because he speaks of his life experience. Yeah. And he's become a really good dance instructor. So unless he is a gifted infant who were dancing in his blood, which is not what he describes. He was sitting on a stoop when some guy said, hey, come to Arthur Murray. We'll teach you how to teach people how to dance. The skills that he needed to acquire his level of dancing would take a little time. I agree with Steve. Doesn't matter. This is a fantasy. A romantic fantasy. Mm -hmm. A romance novel fantasy. And if I particularly enjoyed that genre, I'd probably read it. But I don't. And so when I start hitting against things like... It's not that anything in this movie is implausible. It's just everything that's in this movie feels like it was written as melodrama to excite a particular type of audience. Why does the wallet thing even come up? I don't know. Oh, that's right. To force her to admit to her father that she's fucking a guy. Right. Because she was there all night. She could have said, but we got heavily involved in a game of boggle and we didn't want to break away from it, daddy. I don't. No dick has passed into my mouth, father. I, we, he and I, we were just, we were coloring in coloring books and then we're having a great old time. And there were a million people with us. Please don't look at me that way. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Melodrama. Melodrama. That's what we need. And a lot of this is fantasy, right? Do we care what happens afterwards? Maybe, but not really. I don't think... I mean, okay, if we continue along with the fantasy of this thing, yes, we, he finds a job teaching one near where she goes to college. They stay together forever. They eventually get married. He opens a, a, a dance schools across the United States. <laughs> Their father dies, and his last words are, thank God you married Johnny. And, then, <laughs> and it's just... It's it's supposed to be great. They've agreed to make a sequel with Jennifer Grey in it, and I don't know where Patrick <laughs> Patrick Swayze is going to fit into that sequel. But who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And that's kind of like in the movie. That's kind of like what the movie is. Who cares? Where all the black people cares? Who cares? How does his how does her sister really feel about what's going on between her and her own father? Who cares? <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll make some shit up and we'll should be fine. Be fine. Is is what's his name a serial rapist by command of the the hotel staff? Shh, who cares? We just need him to have semen so we can get one of the characters <laughs> pregnant. Melodrama. And then we run headlong into abortion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's at this point where I go Okay, can we stop for a second? Because uh, you're using abortion for melodrama, and uh, 
maybe you shouldn't do that <laughs> because you keep saying who cares about everything is penny gonna be all right who cares oh good she can still have children yay is she gonna keep her job and continue to do this and look as sad as she does for the rest of them who cares sure, 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 sure. She, her whole abortion thing was just to get her and johnny together couldn't you find a different way to do that no this is what we chose we chose the incredibly sensitive topic <laughs> of fucking abortion as the crux of getting the two of them together and putting up a wall between her and her father. And I'm kind of like, boy, that's a that's a touchy subject. Kind of, a, would you agree? It's kind oh, of a, a deep subject. Definitely, especially we're talking about 1963. It's not it's not legal. Mm-hmm. We're talking about hiring some some guy who nearly kills her. But yeah. it felt like plot stuff. Yeah, and well, not and and also it, anything it's, else. It's it's lurid. Yeah, it's lurid, which is yeah, goes along it's with lurid, the melodrama. But it's also yeah, it's a lot of it, and it has a lot to do with the melodrama of it. And I feel their handling of the subject matter was kind of thrown in for plot points, but not because they particularly had anything to say. Definitely. Nowadays, you'd be kind of like, oh, okay, they don't really have an opinion. It's a thing that happened, right? At no point does anyone say you can't do that. You must give birth to the child, and and there was no question in anybody's mind that this was going to happen one way or another not in not in pennies not in not in babies and i'm not saying they have to have this type of debate what i'm saying is is that you place this in here as a plot device to get the characters together and to have it be the central focus of the problems between uh baby and her father and in this movie where nothing matters we're supposed to go along with the romance and the dancing and how did she learn to do that in a month when she doesn't ever dance before shut up shut sh- be quiet <laughs> but you made me take the other thing seriously where a doctor with a dull pair of scissors who was apparently drunk just arbitrarily stabbed at a woman to get rid of her baby and now you want me to not take anything else seriously because i know it's going to work out in the end because melodrama that bothers me a little bit it just bothers me a little bit it bothers me that the most punishment that dude had for getting a woman pregnant and not giving a shit about her is he didn't get a letter from a guy at the hotel it didn't say and then he killed himself he just kind of yeah. walks off confused he's like well i can't wait to tell father what happened i'm gonna <laughs> say jack shit there's no comeuppance for any of you there's no comeuppance for any of the rich people they just suddenly discover yay this moderately salsa dancing is great and we love it and max can despite all the horribleness that max has about segregating entertainers from the rest of the staff he's like yay this is great we'll do this every year i just when a movie tells me not to take things as seriously over and over and over again i have a trouble getting invested and i'm just saying it when when i can't be invested i start looking at the movie and i'm like okay so the movie has nothing to say it brings up a lot of points but it has nothing to say about them really it has a, this fantasy ending where everything is fixed because two people busted in and danced and everything's fine i'm like okay that's fine for uh, a fantasy film but then it brings in all this dark stuff there's no commentary about race relations no one ever says where's all the black people at the, the, I kind of find it disingenuous that the wait staff isn't black. I kind of well, find it yeah. disingenuous that the wait staff is comprised of people who are going to Ivy League schools so they can raise money to buy cars. And that's a little... Maybe that existed. I don't know. But there's a reason why the Catskills aren't around anymore. And so I'm kind of like left with this 
thing that's trying to get me to enjoy it and there's too many stumbling blocks along the way where I'm kind of like, boy, I wish they invested in that. Boy, I wish they invested in this. Boy, I wish they'd examined that just a little bit more closely. And, you know, despite all the conflicts they put up, someone stole a wallet or whatever. Yeah. Or someone dated out of their class. They don't give a shit about any of it in the film. And because I can sense that they don't give a shit about any of it in the film, I don't give a shit about any of it in the film. And by the end, I'm just like, be over. That's it. I, at this point, I don't give a damn if her father fell on the ground and begged Johnny at his feet to forgive him. Please, Johnny, forgive what I said. No, no. Am I complaining because it's more real, not realistic? Not really. What I'm really complaining about is that if you put bigger issues in your film and you just hint at them, why are they there? If, if it doesn't matter overall, why are there even... You talk a lot about class, but ultimately it doesn't really matter other than being a plot device in the film to keep, supposedly, two people apart. It doesn't work. They're fucking in his... In his his special cabin almost <laughs> through the as soon as they hook up it, that's all they're doing is fucking do i really care what happens to them afterwards well i would if they made me care about them before the end of the film and so when i look at this i look at it and i go okay it's a fantasy but it's not a fantasy for me it's not something that i can invest in and then feel happy at the end are there some great performances of course there is but now we've got to come to the thing that will make steve angry oh boy oh boy oh boy okay patrick swayze go ahead hurt me hit me with it I'm not saying he is a bad actor. I've seen him turn in some from some very good performances. Um, specifically, a couple of really good scenes. There's a couple of really good scenes from Red Dawn where I think he's great. Um, there's a couple of really good scenes a little bit in this film. But I've never been ultimately impressed with Patrick Swayze. And that could be because he wasn't given a whole lot, right? He kind of got trapped into roles... You know, as soon as they found that he was popular, they tried to make him an action hero, which doesn't work because they never really got an action hero vibe from him. But Patrick Swayze is a great dancer, and um, I think that he carries himself well enough that it's not an embarrassing performance. But there's nothing there that makes me go, oh, like with Steve. Steve sees him and he wants to follow his career and learn more about him. And I just kind of see him as he's a guy in the film that is turning in a fairly decent performance but he's not like knocking it out of the park he has a few subtle touches here or there i know he took his acting very very seriously and i'm not saying he's a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination but he's bland <laughs> and that's the problem i have with him is he handsome sure is he talented when it comes to dancing sure is he tall and 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 girls like him of course he was in ghost <laughs> Women wanted to fuck a ghost and ghost because it was Patrick Swayze. But he's never had a hook for me. He's never had he's never had something there that made me go, Oh yeah, Patrick Swayze. He was a guy in movies, you know? And I've never really gotten that invested with him. And so when he was in this, I recognized him as playing a particular type. But I never genuinely believe that, and this could be part of the writing for the character, that he was fully inhabiting that character to the degree that Steve saw. And I think that had a lot to do with the writing and also the fact that he's kind of the only 
problem with this character in this movie is that he has a chip on his shoulder because he believes that he's not good enough for the rich people. Mm -hmm. But that isn't enough to stop him from continuing to fuck the dude's daughter. And so he might have a... And it, and it, this is where it starts feeling like fantasy because if you're writing a romance novel, you want the perfect guy to have a little flaws so the girl can coax him out of those flaws because they're like fixing men. And so <laughs> you have to have a couple of those moments where she's like, it's okay, I know you fucked a lot of old ladies and you took my virginity because that's part of the fantasy and it was perfect and it was wonderful and flowers fell out of my vagina when we were done. But I just, mm, I never I never felt their chemistry. In fact, I kind of felt the tension. And the, the thing that I'm going to point out is that they fucking kiss weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen lots of people kiss in movies. And I know for a fact that sometimes I've seen two people kiss and they really hated each other on set, but you wouldn't be able to tell. Their kissing was weird, open mouth, uh, unsynchronized, bizarre, passionless. It was weird, Steve. It was like he was trying to... He was a mama bird trying to feed a baby bird. (laughs) It looked weird. (laughs) It looked like, okay, well, I guess we got to do this and we hate each other so much, we're not practicing this before we start filming. Here we go, and it's like, eh, eh, eh. That's the sound. That is that is my sound equivalent of what the kisses look like. That's why there's always a, a song playing on the soundtrack, so you can't hear it. As loud as possible. So did I like it? No. Do I hate Steve for liking it? Absolutely not. In point of fact, I just don't want to hurt Steve's feelings when he find, when I say these things. But I know that's not possible because no. Steve doesn't care about my feelings. So that's well, it. And, and also, I'm a grown-up. Yeah, you're a grown-up who can, you know, whether people not liking the stuff you like. Yeah. He's had lots of practice. Anyway, so... <laughs> so, Steve? Yes. Yay? Classic? Oh, yes. Totally, yeah. Yeah, me? No, 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 no. And now it's time, if Steve's still talking to me, to, to for Steve to not recommend something and for me to recommend something. Steve? Yeah, well, as as we said uh, at the at the beginning, uh, Patrick Swayze, unfortunately, uh, died young. He, he died of cancer in his early 50s, I think. And uh, mm. not only was his life cut short, but also his career uh, had... A, a sadly brief renaissance period and then it kind of went down the tubes he, he had a really nice yeah. a really nice pocket of about six years or so when uh, he, he he did Red Dawn he did this movie he did Ghost which I don't think is a good movie but was a big hit and you know got him a lot of more opportunities uh, he did Roadhouse and Point Break which I think are his best movies and, uh, and and then after that, Point Break came out in 91. And after that, things just kind of started, uh, you know, trailing off for him, unfortunately. And then mm-hmm. he got to that point in his career that all actors dread. They know it's coming eventually. They know there's nothing they can do to prevent it. But nobody likes to get to the point in your career when you used to be a heartthrob, you used to be a movie star, an action hero, what have you, a romantic lead, and then your agent starts sending you scripts for family movies. Mm -hmm. And Patrick Swayze, before the end, had quite a lengthy run where he was the guy in the family movie and yeah. and some family movies are good no doubt about that like donnie darko donnie darko great family movie 
where he plays such a wholesome character. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe my favorite performance. Maybe. I would agree. As, just purely as an acting performance, I think you're right. He's he's really good in Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. And playing against type. And yep. uh, But the movie I'm going to not recommend is one of those family movies that he did in the mid-'90s. This is actually from 1995. And it's a terrible, terrible fantasy movie called Three Wishes where Patrick Swayze plays a mysterious drifter who is who who sort of wanders into town and inserts himself into the lives of this family and of course it's a single mom raising two kids and he sort of becomes a surrogate father for for the kids for the sons mm-hmm. and also fun twist it turns out that Patrick Swayze's character has a dog that is actually a genie Okay, I, you're, you can stop. I know, now. right? This is a real movie. I'm not making this up. I'm not drunk and making up a movie. This is a real movie. <laughs> he has a dog that is a genie. And Great. yeah, so anyway, it's it's. I mean, the, the, on paper, the cast isn't terrible. And besides Patrick Swayze, the the, the female lead is Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, who again had a similar mm. sort of career trajectory, where she had a, a period of a few years in the '80s and '90s where she was doing real good work and getting real good roles. Mm. And then it was now you're the mom, <laughs> you know, and that was yep. pretty much it. And so it's 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 not a good movie. It's really corny. Hot it's really mom. cheesy. It's really really schmaltzy. It, uh, I mean, Patrick Swayze is a very is an appealing presence in pretty much anything he's in, except maybe Donnie Darko because he's playing such a scumbag. <laughs> uh, but uh, he is not his 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 natural sort of charm and charisma is not nearly enough to lift this out of the level of just being total dreck. So um, I do not recommend that you watch Three Wishes. Yay, my turn. As you guys know, I like to recommend a film from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's 1987. And I wanted a drama, because technically Dirty Dancing is a drama, and I wanted something takes at a different time period than the modern day, so I picked a movie that takes place in the 1920s. Ooh. And it's about unionizing minors. Not children. Minors, minors not minors. minors. It's a movie directed and written by John Sayles, and it's called Maytuan. Ooh. And it's one of the best movies that I can think of from 1987 (laughs) that no one fucking watched. And it starred Chris Cooper, James Earl Jones, Mary McConnell, Will Will Oldman, and David Strathairn. So watch it. It has a bummer ending. But watch (laughs) it anyway. It's fucking about trying to unionize coal miners. It's not going to be a happy film. (laughs) If you know how most of those stories turned out in real life. (laughs) But I like John Sayles. I like David Strathairn. I like James Earl. It's just good. It's just a good movie. It's just a good movie. Go see it. It's a drama. I know it sounds like a bummer, and it is. But I mean, sometimes watching a bummer movie just can lift you, lift your spirits, and you can go, well, you know, I may be a clerk at Seven Eleven, but I'm not that guy. I'm not. <laughs> the there are few things in life can compare to the ecstasy of it's not me. Right. At least I'm not living under debt to the company store and dying of black lung. Yeah. So, Baytuan, go get it. Hey, Steve. Hey, yeah. <sighs> it's time for you to make a terrible choice. I uh, thought you were going to say that. First time listeners, I make Steve pick the next movie blindly from three movies that I have selected. And this time around, we're going to do another director. All these movies came from the same director. Oh, boy. 
And the terrible choice part is, is, isn't that one of them is bad, it's just that all three of them are so good that we'll be like, oh no, why can't we watch that other one? Oh boy, okay. So you better, also, it's foreign film. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, cool. Foreign, foreign director, and we've never done a single one of his movies on the podcast, and we gotta rectify that shit. Awesome, so well this Steve, is exciting. Steve, A, B, or C, pick Ooh. one, A, B, or C. Wow, I'm gonna say A. Okay. Oh, fine. oh, I disappointed you a. again. I would be fine. I'd be fine with any of these movies. Okay, I'd be fine. Okay. The, okay. Okay. I my my mind just went blank. It's the same director, and my mind just just went don't, don't, <laughs> on his name. Don't you have these written I wanna, down? I don't. You... I have, no. I have the movies written down. I didn't write down the. You know, he's the Studio Ghibli guy. It's Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki, thank you. I wanted to say Akira Kurosawa because nope. I'm racist. You sure? oh, there's uh, more than one Japanese director, Jason. The director is Miyazaki. Had you chosen B, we would have watched one of my favorite movies ever, My Neighbor Totoro. Ooh. Had you chosen C, we would have uh, watched another one of my favorite movies ever, Spirited Away. Hey, yeah. But you chose A. So the movie that we're going to review next time around is the Miyazaki masterpiece, Princess Mononoke. All right. So if you want to get all the jokes or get just as confused about the plot as Jason does sometimes, <laughs> then please watch Princess Mononoke before the next time that we gather in this place to do the thing that we do. And that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Late Seating. For late seating, this has been Jason Harding and see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. You just put your pickle on everybody's plate, college boy, and leave the hard stuff to me. Okay. Can I start with your plate? Yeah, I want to Here we put go. your pickle there. on that plate. That's right. There it is. That's there a go. nice looking pickle. That is. Ah, boy. It's, it's salty. Yeah. It's sweet. Nice and long and fat. Nice and vinegary. Thick. Yeah. Look at that nice. Th- it's hot in the caskets. Fat, thick pickle right on my plate. Feel feel the oh, haft of that pickle. Uh, hey, boy, my, 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 my hand barely fits around it. Yeah, now, you, a, now you've got all that juice ah, boy. On, on, on your uh, hand. Yeah. Oh, damn, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good, good pickle. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Oh, my God, that's a good fucking pickle. Oh, Jesus Christ. Everybody wants this oh, pickle. Oh, God, I need that. Everybody. Give me that pickle. I need that pickle right now. Here we go. Give me that pickle. Put it, <laughs> put it. I'm, I'm starting to become very uncomfortable. <laughs> Why did you choose that one? Because it's... Why? Um, I was, it, it was between that and I carried yes. a watermelon. And I just like the pickle one. Yeah, I don't like the direction that one would go yeah. in. How, how would I? You're intentionally doing things that are just gross or dirty, or Jason can't find a joke. I mean, I, I let's try the watermelon one. Okay. You try the watermelon. Okay, okay, okay. Uh-uh. And this has been Steve Shives. I carried a watermelon. Well, good for you. I bet you feel like one of the one of the the, the lower class people now. Who did you carry it all by yourself? I do, and and you know what I want now. What a, do you want? A nice fat pickle. <laughs> <laughs> nothing would nothing would make me happier, and nothing would be a better way to celebrate me carrying this watermelon than to just dive right into a nice fat juicy pickle. Mmm, mm, I love mm. it in my mouth. <laughs> <sighs> 
What were they serving that required pickles? They were setting for dinner service. What what was the meal that required a big pickle? Yeah, well, you, you know, you you finish the meal and then what you, kind of resort is this? You finish the meal and then you have a nice pickle afterwards. You know, it's like dessert. No, where do you do that? Yeah. Where other than in a deli? Well, where maybe you don't. Maybe that's what they serve at. There's no pickle course. They serve deli fare. They serve deli fare at Kellerman's. It's part of you know. You have a nice aperitif or something that cleanses they your bring, palate. They bring the food out and like it's a wicker basket with a piece of butcher paper in it, and there's like just a pile of French fries <laughs> and a sandwich, and there's a pickle. I, you know. <laughs> I prefer that they have a pickle man that comes out in like some sort of dirty sackcloth with a, with just a bucket of well, sweaty, he gross has, pickles. What he does is he, he's wearing, like, he has a pickle barrel over his naked body with suspenders. Ah, oh, there you and go. And then he's carrying, like, a yeah. smaller barrel that's full of pickles, still no, in the brine. No, he has to reach into oh, the barrel the, that he's, he's wearing. The pickles are in the barrel. And his grubby well, hand no, 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 no. slams a pickle no, onto no, no. the plate. You have to reach in. <laughs> pickles! Oh, Harry, should I? I? I heard that Kellerman's was a little bit different. But okay, I'll Just do it. Make, Where did our daughter go? Make sure you make sure you get the pickles that float. Don't reach down too far. But the good ones are at the No, bottom. that's what he says. But don't no no no. This one won't come out. <laughs> I guess the dance lessons as, aren't so bad as, now, are they, as Daddy? Much as I tug, this pickle won't come out. But the pickle server's gone cross-eyed. Pickle. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. That was the grossest thing that we've ever done on this show. Pickles! I felt like we were writing a Benny Hill sketch in real time. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad now, was it? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.